Inebriated Insights with Mark Hahn. Welcome to Inebriated Insights, everybody. I'm your host, Mark Hahn. Joining me, as always, my faithful producer, producer Dave Stratton, as well as Kevin Ocampo. Hello. Uh, really fucking depressing time in the news, guys. <laughs> Yeah, it's not. Really I don't slow. think it'll ever be as bad as when Trump was in power. That was just it was a new shit storm every day. Unless he's back. No, well, I mean, he but. did his his new uh, campaign where he was wearing a diaper or elastic waisted pant, like waistband pants or something. That, that was something um, with his pants. That there. was photoshopped. Actually, you think so? Uh, no, they they. No, they fact-checked it, actually. Uh, he was wearing normal pants. I, yeah. I bet you he has a front butt. Oh, totally. He uh, seems like a front I, butt kind of guy. I wouldn't dispute that, but uh, just just for the sake of being factual, it was a Photoshop picture, oh, right. although okay. it was extremely funny. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, I, I, you, that guy's got to wear some type of Nancy pad or like a big pad that he wears for, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. He probably is incontinent, but I yeah. bet you he's got like really, um, you know, expensive thin ones that, mm-hmm. you know, that your grandparents wouldn't pay the extra money for. Yeah, the, the Trump brand. Yeah. Like the, the thin condom version of diapers. Yeah. Yes. Got, the, yeah. got the premium ones, got a little lube in there as well. It's made by NASA. Right like everything that's like some type of cool clothing is like, it's manufactured by NASA. Well, producer Dave, yes. what is what are the drinking words tonight? Uh, the words well, that we drink on tonight, we're going to be drinking to this piece of shit, uh, Joe Manchin, mm-hmm. and then his whole hope of bipartisanship. Those are the two words. Any mention of Joe Manchin and bipartisanship, we're going to be taking so, some swigs. Oh boy! If you're following along at home, and you're as depressed about the news as as we are. You will be drinking on Joe Manchin the Third, or any reference to bipartisanship. Shall we get started? Let's do it. Let's do it. Stop. Okay. On Sunday in an op-ed. Joe Manchin announced his opposition to the For the People Act, seemingly dooming Democratic hopes to pass the bill. Manchin actually co-sponsored that legislation in the past Congress when uh, Senate Democrats had no power. But now that he actually has the power to do something, he doesn't want to sponsor it anymore. Uh, He didn't give a reason as to why he didn't want to pass the bill. He didn't argue against the merits. He just said he can't pass it because it doesn't have bipartisan support bipartisan despite and Joe bipartisan no. oh and joe mansion despite the fact that there's no bipartisanship bipartisanship in any of the state legislatures that are passing voter suppression bills and really scary bills that just say the state legislature judges can just fucking overrule election results if they don't like them so Civil rights leaders, including Al Sharpton, met with Manchin. They said they had a good discussion, but that no minds were changed. Um, Kevin, are we fucked here? Do we have any shot in the midterms if voting rights aren't protected? Do you think there's any chance that Manchin and some of these other centrist Democrats who are hiding behind him and cinema might change their minds? 
at the at the risk of being too depressing, I, I do think we're kind of fucked. I think we're fucked. I, I we're fucked. <clears throat> we're fucked. There we're, it is. Mm. The fact of the matter is, is that uh, the se- the sexy advertised part of the Democratic Party is 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 the really far left, like the Bernie Sanders, AOC people, but the majority of the Democrats that we have to rely on right now are more centrist. I said this uh, in one of the last times I was here, I feel like Biden himself is a, is a corporatist, not like a Democrat. Mm-hmm. In any other country, he'd be a conservative, you know? And that's what we're seeing. Like, I would feel a lot more safe and secure if the uh, if the Congress was made up completely of the types of people that just make up the Democratic Party right now, because I think that is the the gamut of people who are serious about trying to fix things and trying to uh, preserve, uh, you know, certain institutions like that, that argument, that political argument, as opposed to people who are just obstructionist, just to be obstructionist because they affiliate themselves with a political party that we have to admit right now is taken like the crazy loony stance. Formal lunatics. Like, yeah. That's that's their that's their platform is like, hey, listen to this conspiracy theory I got for you today. That that is who they're more po- like I guess that's where their sexy advertised uh uh representatives lie, you know? Mm-hmm. In the, in the crazy part of of their their whatever they're selling you know well it's like uh the republicans they have this whole they're they're trying to appeal to their corporate donors that they wanted to stay in power and then to distract their constituents is they basically like hey look at this shiny thing look at this uh like Oh, look at this conspiracy theory. Look at this. And then they eat it up and then they, they that's all they focus on while meanwhile behind the behind the curtain there, uh all the politicians are just fucking everybody over. Um, not giving two shits about helping anybody out. But yeah, like you were saying that it's like the Democratic Party's like divided in itself, and uh, that the right is so far right that they just say, oh, the left is so, so radical. But, like, this is what America is. This is what the majority of Americans are right now, is is this kind of uh, spectrum of kind of Democrats, while the Republicans are just pushed way far to the right. I, I have a coworker who was, he was like, I, I was Republican, and I just can't, I can't get behind what they, they believe anymore. And so now it's more kind of, like, libertarian, um, but... Uh, and going back to the whole voters' rights thing, I, I really, I kind of, I'm hoping, I'm, I got some hope. I'm positive that it, you know, people are still going to show up in waves and say, you know what, you can't hold us back. You can't, like what ha- what happened in Georgia. There, like there was so much oppression there after the whole Stacey Abrams loss. The the people rose up and said, you know what, fuck you guys. We're going to come out in waves and we're going to go ahead and uh vote and they they and democrats won except for fucking marjorie taylor green's goddamn district but anyways uh, i i i'm kind of optimistically confident that uh or that 
that hopefully maybe we'll see some uh, a, a good show out a turnout of democrats and that we won't be fucked and it's like you want to try to oppress us fuck you we're going to go ahead and vote anyways and we're going to show you that we can win so i yeah. the, the two things that are most concerning to me are the partisan gerrymandering yeah um because like then you almost have no chance in the house you need to win by like four and a half points just to win like we have such a slim majority now when we won by like three three and a half points nationally and so that's just fucked and that's going to get even worse um they if if they want to address that they have to pass a bill to address that before september because that's when they're going to start drawing the district lines again and also the thing that isn't even in the for the people act now that they would have to add because it's so incomprehensible it's like Texas is trying to pass this law where judges can just overturn election results. They said without evidence of fraud. That's so and, up, and state legislatures like in Arizona, they've also proposed that they could just overturn election results. And that's just fucking fascism. Yeah, it's like up. and also like if Republicans win the House. And, and let's say Joe Biden runs again in 2024 and he wins. Like they could refuse to certify his election results and then the result and then it goes to the House where every state gets one vote and then they would just overturn the, the election, even if you won by like nine million votes. So like when, when we say democracy is is under attack, this isn't hyperbole. This is like true. we we could be a fascist country in four years. Mm -hmm. And I think most Democrats grasp that. I think like 15 to 20 percent of the caucus doesn't fucking get it yet because at the problem with this and any other bill that goes before congress is the vast majority of bills that they pass don't affect anyone in that chamber at all they're all rich and they're all privileged and and nothing that comes out of there really affects them so it doesn't really hit them well yeah i i'm i'm concerned but two things. I mean, do you think there's anything that we can do to get this stupid fuckface mansion to to change his mind? And um, my second point is, do we do we think we're in? Uh, like, do you think that the Democrats are fucking up right now that um, that they won't win? I, I mean, I let's put gerrymandering aside and just get down to the brass tacks here. Uh, do you actually think that? the democrats are doing anything to lose seats well the incumbent party almost always loses seats i think it's only 2002 1998 and one of fdr's years that the incumbent party actually gained seats you usually just lose seats because the opposition is more pumped up to vote against you um and, and the base of our party is generally more complacent in that situation then you add that to the fact that they can gerrymander and add like six republican seats um just by that we're already at a huge huge disadvantage i mean this is a different situation we're 2010 because the economy may might be doing really well and we might still win mm -hmm. but we're definitely not going to be the favorites to win the house but do you as think it stands right now the republicans are so disenfranchised right now that they're so like uh, a lot of republicans i feel are like want to leave the party and they they say that they're thinking that 
the extremists that are coming out of like with the Marjorie Taylor Greens and still all these fucking Trumpists and these insurrectionists that they they're tired of that shit and they want it to return to some what what it was you know, ten fifteen years ago. Do you think that they're gonna start pushing away? And then if that was the case, do you do you think that Republicans like maybe that won't help their case at all? I mean, well, the people that that's pushing away are have been like college educated whites in the suburbs who have been more Republican, but it now shifted more Democrat. But Mar- people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates and all those dickheads who are really vocal, they really attract a lot of rural voters, which are kind of making up for it. Yeah. So I think the the people like the establishment Republicans who are like, I'm a conservative, but I can't do this anymore. I think they're, they're in a small minority. Yeah unfortunately but like i i feel like the opposition the the two democrats that are coming out against gates and against green right now in their districts they feel like they uh they seem like good people i mean i don't know what their demographics are in their districts on if they're just they're very very red yeah those districts yeah the winner of the primary and the republican primary is going to win there because they're both like plus 20 plus 25 yeah republican yeah. Yowzas. Hopefully, you know, I don't know. And we're going to talk about this in the next segment, too. It's like how much bipartisan. Bipartisan. Theater do we have to do before, like, not only Mansion and Cinema, but others as well are like, oh, I get it now. It's never going to happen. Yeah, I don't think that, like, I mean, might as well just read that next question because uh, what all I right, wanted to say. All right, let's get into it. Yeah, I'll just hit this button here to make some drinky drinks happen, some guzzles and sizzle. Negotiations between President Biden and Senator Shelley Moore. Senator Shelley Moore Capitol fell apart this week after weeks of bipartisan erotica theater. If you've never heard of Shelley Moore Capito before, as Dave told me, he has it. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not really fucking important. No. So it's not surprising you haven't heard of her. She is but, the Republican senator of West Virginia. This fuckface's yeah. girlfriend, or probably not girlfriend, but, you know, counterpart, that they're pretty much the same, but whatever. Go ahead, Mark. But if you're into bipartisan porn, don't worry, because there are now going to be a group of 10 Republican. 10 Democratic senators that are going to continue to negotiate and disagree on what the bill will be and how it will be paid for. Dave, do you think Prime Minister Manchin and Lulu Levin wearing starvation wage superfan Kirsten Cinema will be willing to go along with a more ambitious plan after seeing their quixotic attempts at bipartisanship fail? Bipartisanship. Well, um, I, I like I was saying before, like I don't know what is gonna get through these guys that I mentioned in cinema's head that there's nothing that they're gonna do. If if this Republican Party can't vote to uh just have a simple commission, a a bipartisan mm, mm. commission to investigate January sixth then also like going to what the demands of the Republicans were like, they were like, we will accommodate what you want this to be. 
They, and they, they couldn't even vote to, the Republicans couldn't vote to fucking say yes on that. Like, there's nothing. And I, I think that the, uh, the, the Democrats in the, the Senate right now have a good plan of, we're going to put out all these votes that uh, they should pass. Like, these are just basic things, like equal pay act. And then we're going to see that Republicans are going to vote no on them, and then they're not going to pass, and we're going to fuck everybody over. But hopefully that'll get it across this fuckface's uh, droopy fucking prune face to uh, Manjin. Mm, uh, so hopefully he'll be able to understand that there's no hope in negotiating with these terrorists. So, um, I, 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 I want to say no, uh, there's, he's not going to cave. He just wants to preserve the filibuster for the future. But I mean, our, like you were saying earlier, like we're not going to have a, the same democracy. It's just going to be a completely fascist regime that we're going to be in. And, um, He's going to fuck us all over just because of this motherfucker right here and cinema, of course. But um, sorry, my cats are fighting back there. But um, the fuck cats. Uh, anyways, so, yeah, going back to your question there, um, the the whole 10 senators in the uh, from each party trying to discuss this infrastructure bill, I... I don't think they're going to really resolve much. It's just going to be um, the uh, Republicans saying, oh, we need to take away taxes and have it being paid for by cutting other programs such as like Medicare and Medicaid and Social Security. That'll pay for infrastructure. And then Democrats are just going to say, well, I think that, you know, Jeff Bezos should be taxed at the same rate that, you know, I am or your common, like, middle income uh, person in America, you know, anywhere from 20 to 40 percent tax rate. That will pay for it. But instead, they pay practically no fucking income tax. And uh, and, and then it's I mean, that's the most logical thing. Hey, how about everybody just pays their fair share of taxes and uh, stop having all of uh, the government's money come from all the hardworking class and actually do something fair and have uh, billionaires pay their fair share of taxes and corporations pay their fair share of taxes and have a capital gains tax and have a tax on uh, on uh, stocks, uh, whatever the fuck that one's called. I'm drunk right now, but... Um, you know what I'm talking about, Mark. So th- having those back in place to what they were back when, you know, in the 70s when, you know, Nixon was in power or Jimmy Carter was in power, uh, then maybe we could actually start paying for some shit instead of cutting programs that people actually need. So anyways, what what do you guys think? Well, Two things. One of which is that there's no way a deal is going to get done because no. Republicans are saying we won't deficit spend and also we won't raise any taxes whatsoever. That's so that the they're fuck? saying like we should we should repurpose COVID funds. Those don't really exist. Hmm. Um, the second thing is I am pretty optimistic that they're they can get all 50 Democrats on board to do an infrastructure plan because like you think about it. Biden's going to be like, okay, Manchin, here's this big infrastructure jobs thing that we can give to West Virginians. 
you can just have it. All you got to do is vote for it and you can just have it and you can brag about how you're a hero and you brought all those jobs. I really doubt he's going to be like, I prefer not to do budget reconciliation because I want to be bipartisan. I think he's going to be like, yeah, great. So this is the one, this is the one big part, big ambitious plan that they have that I think eventually they are going to put it together. So you think, what do you think, Kevin? I think your view is far more optimistic than mine. Uh Because I I just think we're just going to keep butting heads in the Congress and what's going to happen is either now or in the next administration or the one after that, some bridge is going to fall and kill a thousand people and whoever is uh, at the disadvantage in government is going to point a finger at the other side and be like, it's their fault. You know, it's the Republicans fault. They they wouldn't agree or it's the Democrats fault. They couldn't get uh, a good plan together. Um, And meanwhile, they'll have like Walmart or Amazon rebuild the bridge and put their name on it. And all of a sudden we're going to be in love with the fucking corporations. country. That is a pessimistic take. I'm like, I think they could pass a bill. And you're like, I think a thousand people are going to die. And then people will worship corporations. And that's right. Well, I've been, uh, I've been in a hole lately. So yeah, they're going to replace our water supply with Gatorade. And then all our crops are going to die. And, Costco is going to run everything. Um, I'm counting on the metal from a vaccine to start rusting and take me out before then. So that's that. That was this week, right? Metal in the vaccines. Oh, there, yeah. there's all always the anti-vaxxers are complaining about something in the vaccine that they're like, oh, they put that in bomb pigs. You can't put that in a vaccine. It's like, well, you know, water's in there too. And uh, <laughs> I didn't mean to derail it. It's just, I, I just have a very pessimistic view of like, like this, this really is all theater. I don't really feel like they're fighting for us. They're fighting for the effect of fighting in front of us, you know? Um, I I think they're trying to uh, show Cinema Mansion some of these other Senate Democrats. So it's like, look, they're never going to go along with anything. I I know you don't want to just pass something on a party line vote. I don't know why you give a fuck about bipartisanship, but you do. And so we're going to show you, we're going to make you go through these painful meetings where no one listens to anybody to show you. That if you want to do anything, you can't do it with them. I, I think it's a good idea. I mean, just to specifically put them in a corner and say, like, look, you want to be elected again because that's all you care about. Then how about you serve your people and actually do something for them? And we're going to give you all this stuff. So or you can turn it down and then not get elected again because that's all you fucking care about. So and it's an insanely popular bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just no. destroys me every time I think of the fact that this is this is to repair things that we were so proud of for decades. Our bridges, our train, our our train tracks, our mm-hmm. interstate highways, uh, and and to invest in the human infrastructure of the country. Like we're supposed to be, there's supposed to be some uh, amount of patriotism. We're supposed to be proud to be Americans, but we're not investing in the Americans. Mm-hmm. You know, I. This is part of the reason why I'm so pessimistic. It's just like it just seems like a layup that we, you know, to to be like, hey, we have to fix some stuff and just have everyone be like, you're right. Let's just fix some stuff. And it really is politically. It's super popular. Yeah. It's just and and politics actually isn't as complicated as they make it. You get (laughs) elected by doing popular things and then telling people what you did. Yeah. Like. 
Uh, it's maddening. All right. Shall we move on? Let's do Let's it. Let's go on to the Please. next topic. In a speech in Guatemala this week, Vice President Kamala Harris took a hard line against immigration from Central America, telling the people there bluntly, quote, do not come, unquote, while also pledging money in foreign aid. This understandably led to a backlash caused by uh, from progressives like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who pointed out that destabilization caused by the U.S. supporting various regime changes in the region led to many of the humanitarian crises that migrants are now trying to flee in the first place and that applying for asylum is perfectly legal and appropriate. Kevin, thus far, President Biden polls well on almost every major issue except immigration, where he's only at about 30%. What do you think Harris was trying to accomplish here? Uh, I think she was given, uh, I think she was given a pretty hefty task. She's, and like, in, in defense of the act of giving her something that you don't want Biden to fuck up with, like a lot of people are afraid that, you know, she's she's got too much power in what she's been asked to do and able to do. And then uh, you have other people who, uh, who like the conspiracy theorists think that she's the one running the country, not Biden. Like he's off taking naps while she's doing work. Uh, I think he gave her a really hard task to basically stem the tide of refugees coming up from Central and South America. That's like, that is, it's not exactly this administration's problem, but it's the, the sort of in the Democrats uh, image that uh, that it seems like they're much more lenient on immigrants. So that's why when there was a change of administrations, the the rush to come here sort of began. Like I am willing to admit that that that's probably why so many more immigrants because they they didn't see their babies being wrenched from their hands anymore when they saw a Democrat in office, you know. But what what's she gonna do? She can't stand in front of the gates of uh, of the border and and be like, stop, go back. She went to the leaders of these countries to say, listen, you have to do something. We're we're gonna give you aid money. You've got to do something that fix the things that are making these people leave. Now, given that we, and this is not a fair assumption anymore because we could be in worse shape than some of those countries, given that you assume that there, there's some kind of corruption going on, maybe you don't have a lot of faith in they'll, that they'll be able to enact any meaningful work to keep the people there. But, um, but like I, what else can you do organizationally? Like she can't, she can't physically hold people from crossing into America. Like she did the, she did the only thing I think an organization at, at the, the highest level of the administration can do is go and talk to the leaders. You know, what, what was she trying to accomplish? I don't know. Like, I, I think she's just given an assignment and, short of uh short of looking like a a psychopath like going out on the street and and waving her hands up at everyone like this is all she could do is go to the leaders and be like please do something so that 
these people who are looking for asylum don't feel the need to leave your country anymore. Yeah, I, go ahead. Uh, well, you look at Biden has so far deputized Kamala to do two things, uh, the border and voting rights. And he must really fucking hate her because he gave her the two biggest, but he either has a ton of faith in her and her ability as a politician, or he fucking hates her and is still mad that she implied he was racist at the debate. And he's like, I'll fucking show you, I'll make you my vice president and give you the hardest shit to work on. And then you'll fail. And then your whole political career will be over. I don't, I doubt that's what it is, but it's just like, man, this is cruel to work on. I mean, the thing is, the border is such a complex issue and, and ever, because it's demagogued so much and people make it try to simplify it as like, well, they should just ramp up security and build a wall and keep these people out. I, I mean, you have tens of thousands of people trying to cross every year. Um, it, it's really hard to process all those asylum claims. It's hard to know where to keep them all um because they have to stay long term while the, all of this is processed and it's just a really hard thing I, I think it was pretty harsh to just say do not come i think it may have been more diplomatic to be like hey we as the u.s are committed to doing everything we can to helping out your country so that you can stay here um that but yeah better, yeah that, that sounds better rather than let me be clear, do not come. To me, that reminds me of like a 90s Democrat uh, mentality around crime where it's like, oh, you say I'm I'm soft on crime. Well, I'm going to show you what a fucking hard ass I am. Which she just, did, actually. Which yeah. she did. Um, but I just I don't think that's the way to go politically. What do you think, Dave? I think it's more of what she was throwing like a desperation Hail Mary just being like, uh, I don't know what to do here. How about we just and I, I don't <laughs> tell know. Him not to just tell him not to come. Just be like, well, hopefully this lands someplace in the right hands, and 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 realize that it was a complete incomplete, uh, like a incomplete pass. But I, it, like you were saying, this is uh, this is a situation that there's there's no right answer to, and it's. Like we we can't take all of these people in as much as as America is the land of immigration. Uh, we also can't turn them all away because the reason why they're fleeing their countries is because of uh, basically shit that we helped out with. Like the the U.S. you know helped turn some of these uh, countries violent by providing aids to these some of these uh people who turned into warlords and shit and putting these puppet figures in into power back in the 80s and 90s and shit and now their whole countries are fucked and it's like they, it's a very violent place where you know people are getting murdered and it's just like what i mean we can't just build a whole new nation for people to come for asylum it's like i don't know and it is it is uh really fucked up situation yeah it's tough to figure out a way to have a humane and uh orderly immigration system you're obviously going to have to invest more in uh immigration judges and apply um asylum claims and yeah but it's going to take years to fix this problem 
but all the while it's going to continue to be demagogued of like, well, Democrats are soft and you just need to build a wall and keep them all out and they're coming to take your jobs and replace you. But shall we uh, tell people to fuck off? Sure, man. Move on to the last segment. Mm -hmm. All right. Hey, why don't you go first? Okay. Who should see. fuck off this week? Um, I didn't have a solid one, but I'm just going to go with uh, Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro. Um, if I said that right. Good one. Yeah, that guy, I, I feel like he's just trying to piggyback off of Trump's coattails there and how his COVID response for his country has just killed so many people. They had like... Like over a million cases in like uh, um like a month, like new cases, just like in Biden. Finally, uh, I heard today he's given out like five, like something like three hundred million or five hundred million vaccines to other countries. Five hundred, yeah. five hundred million vaccines. So that should help. But like that fuckface from Brazil there just decided to deny uh, Pfizer's uh, claim. They were Pfizer was just gonna give him like ninety million vaccine doses and he was just like meh no response um also he he just argentina was doing really bad for uh covid cases so they canceled the uh the world not it's like the the south american world cup yeah yeah and so that dickhead just was like uh from uh from brazil was like oh yeah we can go ahead and just host it <laughs> like, i i don't I, I feel like trump has caused other fucking demagogues and uh fascist presidents to come to fruition uh him and fucking boris whatever the fuck his name is john johnson. johnson in england they're just like well this uh, well the leader of the free world's an asshole so we can be assholes too and fuck over our our uh constituents without having any um any kind of repercussions there so uh, well bolsonaro's been an asshole for a long long time mm -hmm. and i remember he got covid and he stuck his face right in front of the reporters and see see look at me how do i look i'm fine yeah uh, yeah he's a huge he's terrible um and it looks like they've had four hundred eighty thousand deaths in their country so he's done a terrible job and it continues to peak there. So yeah. good one, Dave. Yeah. Uh, Second Kevin. COVID death. So go fuck off. And not you Who should um, fuck off. This is uh, this is a little bit of a stretch, but follow me if you if you might indulge me. And follow Adam you on Silver. Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Adam Silver, commissioner of the NBA. Yeah. Fuck right off. Yeah. And I'll, I'll oh, tell you why. Do tell. Uh, I I you know when I shake my fist at the clouds and yell at the kids in the neighborhood. Uh, I like to say that we don't deserve sports because we're a completely dysfunctional country right now. Yes. Uh, and so as the NBA pushes on into the, the deeper rounds of their playoffs, I, I will admit I'll watch it because it's on and I have, a, I have a couple teams that I like. Uh, I still don't think that we deserve it. But the funniest thing to me <clears throat> is when you look at how they see the fans completely regular. We have completely, you know, sold out stadiums now for the playoffs that, Fans are sitting, you know, right next to each other. Uh, but then you look down at the sidelines at how they space out <laughs> all the players. Uh -huh. Like, I, the, obviously, there's like someone's not telling the truth about what they feel is safe and not. And so 
obviously they needed the revenue from ticket sales. Like, you know, just having people watch it on TV wasn't enough money for them. So they're selling these, uh, and courtside is like 20 rows up now. Mm -hmm. uh, they're selling these tickets uh, and the people are basically sitting on top of each other. We're just waiting and pro it probably won't happen if, if everyone's vaccinated, but we're waiting for like an outbreak to happen. Meanwhile, you can tell they don't trust what they're doing for the fans because you look at the players, the players all have six feet between each chair. They're all separated. They Mass can go when and they're sit. not playing and stuff. Yeah, yeah, they can go sit behind the backboard instead of like in the little bench area. Um, so just just for the sake of like okaying that in, in such a fucking corporate fuck you to the people that are giving you money, uh, Adam Silver can fuck right off. Well, it also depends on the states. Like if you look, I was trying to buy tickets. Uh, well, I just was interested in buying tickets to the to game seven for the uh, Clippers Mavericks game. And they, the, the, they had vaccinated sections where everybody had to prove that they were vaccinated to sit. And in those sections, people could sit next to each other. The unvaccinated sections, they all had to be spaced apart. I don't know how it works for like Utah and Salt Lake City where that fucking stadium's just jam-packed. Same thing with Dallas where it was just jam-packed. Uh, I was watching the uh, Bucks-Nets game and uh, even Milwaukee seemed like it was more spaced out than, uh, say, Dallas or, or Utah. But New York, I was surprised. Like, the Nets game was jam-packed. And I was like, I thought they were kind of like a hot spot for a while. Why I are think they... that's vaccinated only uh, in New the York. Whole, the whole stadium's vaccinated I, only? I'm, I don't know about Brooklyn, but Madison Square Garden, you had to be vaccinated. Hmm, that makes sense to be there. I am mm -hmm. for sure that the Mavericks game and the in the fucking yeah, Jazz game they don't give two shits. And it just looked like a normal NBA game. Like other games, like th they even have some spacing. Like the the behind the players, like I don't know, ten twenty rows up, you, you can't sit. But even at the that fucking Utah game, they didn't give a shit. They were still like crowding in on them um but i do want to say that adam, adam silvers is still better than david stern because david stern got let these guys go away and uh adam silver is okay with bringing them back and uh even though he looks like skeletor i'm okay with him so adam <laughs> silver if you ever hear this you need to figure out a way to deal with the fact that no one gives a shit about playing in the regular season anymore. Nope. I I get that it helps them deal with fatigue. It helps them put them in a better place for the playoffs to rest, but it's just like Friday night game on TNT. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are sitting out because fuck you, and it really hurts the product. But anyway, mine sorry, this week Sorry, Kevin is, wanted us to say something to my uh, yeah. David Stern uh, comment. Oh, uh, I lost it. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was a skeletal comment. Sorry, go ahead. I Mark. think it was yesterday Mitch McConnell went in front of cameras after the the bipartisan negotiations fell through and was like, the arrow bipartisanship is over. And it's like, first of all, like when you guys passed your tax bill and when you tried to pass the ACA repeal, we weren't ever invited. We didn't ever get a meeting. We didn't ever get any input on those things we only started getting meetings after we won the house and 
Second, like you're the most powerful Republican in the Senate. You weren't in any of those meetings. You weren't even involved. So it it's just like, what the fuck are you talking about? And, and the thing with McConnell, too, you can tell when he says it, he doesn't believe it and he doesn't expect anyone to believe him. But he knows that the White House press corps will pick up his talking point and then bring it to Jen Psaki and ask her and then it'll get a lot more attention. And then because it's not coming from him, it's coming from somebody else. People might believe it. That's his three dimensional chest there. And also someone made a, a really good point because the thing is like the press is much more tough on Democrats than Republicans because we're more responsible. And there was this Republican talking point that's like, well, the jobs report wasn't as good as we thought because of the extended unemployment benefits. So a lot of Republican governors took away those unemployment benefits this past month. And guess what? It didn't have any effect whatsoever. It didn't get any more jobs. So is the press going to start asking Republicans, hey, weren't you wrong about that? Because they sure <laughs> asked Chen Sake and Biden enough about it. Are they now going to admit like, hey, we were wrong and start holding Republicans accountable so they can all fuck off. Yeah. In summation, everyone can fuck off. Everybody. Yeah. But we'll, and that's our show. That's it. Thank all you right. to Dave and thank you to no Kevin. Problem. Thanks for having it's me. It's been a pleasure. Have a good night, guys. Ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-